And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a great week. Uh, great show today. Yeah, great show, as always, today. I was joined by Steffi Cole, a libertarian YouTuber. Um, and uh, we didn't talk news of the day. For, for once, for the first time in a long time, uh, I did not really talk about the news of the day. Um, we just had a discussion about a lot of the topics where uh, libertarians tend to fight each other on. <laughs> Obviously, within the libertarian movement, the libertarian and conservative movements, there's a lot of issues where we all just fight each other on constantly, and we kind of talk through a whole bunch of them. So it was a lot of fun. I need to do some more shows like this where it's not just uh, news of the day. It's more general topics because um, it was a good time. It was a great time talking to Steffi, and I think you guys will appreciate it. Uh, before I get to her, uh, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod, and please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Um, if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. All right. Here's my chat with Steffi Cole. All right, guys, we're here with libertarian YouTuber Steffi Cole. Steffi, thanks so much for taking the time. Hi, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So I want to do something a little bit different today. Um, I've been really burned out from the, the news cycle, which is constant. It is quick. Uh, there's news breaking every five seconds. Um, if you're on Twitter, it just constantly stresses you out. And and the last five or six shows I've done have been just covering the news of the day. Whatever news is breaking, I've been covering it. And uh, I kind of want a break. So And I'm going on a fishing trip uh, up to uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan um, tomorrow. So I, oh I'm, I'm already in. I live in Michigan. I live in Toledo, Ohio, which is right across the Ohio border. So I'm. I don't know how close wow. I am to you, but but anyway, I'm. I love I'm, the UP. Oh, I love. I've it. been there one time. It was so fun. I love it. I can't wait. I'm already in UP mode, so I can't. I can't bring myself to care about the news of the day. I can't do it. <laughs> so. You know what news of the day will not burn you out? Fishing news. Florida man news. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> is there? A, it always brightens my day. Is there any Florida man news breaking today? Perchance. Oh man, I honestly haven't looked. Before we but, start, uh, before we, um, before we legit start here, let's. I'm just gonna Google it real quick. Yeah, I'm googling it too. Okay, Florida man. What's the date today? The 20th. Florida man throws feces at judge during hearing. Oh boy, that's a good one. That is a good Florida. That seems man. to be the breaking news right now in Florida. I mean, we could just call it a day right here. I mean, that's enough for me. New. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Florida man is outstanding, though. But look, so I, I, I'm already on fishing mode. I don't want to talk news of the day. So I want to do something a little different. Um, Steffi's a libertarian. I'm a libertarian. Or at least, a you know, you know, I, I'm too libertarian for the conservatives, too conservative for the libertarians. Call me whatever. Make up your own mind. I don't care. But anyway, <laughs> we're both call ourselves libertarians. I want to talk through yeah. a whole bunch of issues where... In the libertarian world, there's a lot of fighting. <laughs> there's a lot of infighting. A lot of the issues where, where we fight each other all the time, uh, needlessly or, or not needlessly. So 
I, I want to go through kind of a, a list of these hot-button issues that divide a lot of libertarians and a lot of conservatives. Um, let's just start with the lighthearted issue of abortion. <laughs> How's that? Let's just start it off just on, oh, a, on, a, yes. on, a, on an easy note. Um, let's, let's start with, <laughs> with the life issue. I, I'm pro-life. Um, are you, Steffi, and, and why or why not? Yes, I am pro-life. I believe I became that way probably in 2015, 2016. I, I became increasingly spiritual in my life. So I, I got into gardening and nature. And just when you see things grow and you see all the life around you, you tend to look at it in a very special way. I, I feel like life is sacred. And I also recently watched this Unplanned movie. Did you see that movie? I did not. But I do know the premise, yes. Okay. Yeah, so basically it's, you know, about what happens when people have abortions at Planned Parenthood. And so I actually saw, you know, firsthand, obviously with the movie magic, but, you know, I saw like a, a fetus being sucked out, you know, of, of a mother. And, and like, you have to euthanize a, a baby when, you know, they're older, like probably third trimester. You euthanize the baby, and then over the course of a few days, the mother would deliver the the baby dead. I mean, it was just disgusting stuff. And I feel like, I mean, I could never do that. It, it just seems like murder to me. Right. So you, uh, you became pro-life in the last handful of years, but I know you've been a libertarian for a while. Um, so mm -hmm. when you were pro-choice as a libertarian, what was your, you know, just playing devil's advocate, like what was your reasoning, uh, as when you were a pro-choice libertarian? I try to bring myself back to that time and I was much younger. So right now I'm in my early thirties. I was in my, you know, earlier twenties when I was very much pro-choice. And I just thought of it in my perspective. If I got pregnant, how would that affect my life? Would I want to have that baby? And that would have screwed up, you know, my college. That would have screwed up my career plans. So I just would have wanted to be rid of any mistake. So I looked at it very selfishly and I didn't truly know what happened when someone had an abortion. I thought it was just, you know, more like it just kind of got flushed out, you know, no harm. But now I, I know more facts about what happens. And so that's why I feel how I do now. Right, right. I, uh, you know, I am a devout Christian, you know, and I'm very open about that on the show. Um, I hope I don't get too preachy on the show, but, but I, I am definitely <laughs> open about it, you know. It's important for the audience to know where I stand religiously as well. Um, you know, the Bible does say that, you know, God, God says to us in the Bible, you know, I knew you in your mother's womb, you know. So mm -hmm. so that's that's enough for me, just on face value as a Christian. But even if you're not religious, it's still pretty—obviously, the non-aggression principle is the foundation of libertarian thought, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a pretty easy case to make that abortion is, is in violation of the non-aggression principle, um, right. you know, considering that— at something like what four or five weeks, a baby has independent independent brain waves. At somewhere you know six to eight mm -hmm. weeks, they have an independent heartbeat. Obviously, uh, uh, an unborn baby can't really bring aggression upon someone. <laughs> um, so it, mm -hmm. it's not it's not a hard sell that that it also violates the non-aggression principle, even if you aren't religious. Yeah, I mean, I used to look at it as you know when you first have a heartbeat, you're considered alive because um, scientifically when you no longer have a heartbeat, you're considered dead, you know? So, so a long time ago, I used to feel that way. I was like, okay, fine. So before the baby has a heartbeat, maybe that's okay to abort the baby. 
But then I started saying, well, no, you know, I still think they're alive even before the heartbeat. It's a human being growing inside of you. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if if we could all if there was like a federal as much as I'm not, you know, when it comes to laws, I'm more in favor of federalism generally, like, you know, let states Mm -hmm. make up their own minds. But um, if there was a federal heartbeat law, I'd be in favor of that because it'd be a giant step in the right direction. You know, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. When when a lot of states are are you know are passing laws that you know in favor of partial birth or or this nut job governor of uh, Virginia Ralph Northam he's in, in term of in in favor of a, a fourth trimester post birth abortion uh, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, something like this. But uh, yeah. but yeah, like you know, at least I think it is encouraging that states are passing you know heartbeat bills. At least that's a good start. Um, let's talk about um, changing gears here. Mm-hmm. This is something that is, I believe, in the libertarian world. Obviously, conservatives are, are in favor of a strong border. But on the libertarian side, it's it's basically split 50-50 between people that want a strong border and people that are just completely pro-open borders. And I, I've, I've found a lot of the, the anarchists, the ANCAP, anarcho-capitalist side of the libertarian movement, the liberty movement, are in mm-hmm. favor of open borders. At least a lot of them are. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. Um, so where do you stand yeah. on border security? Um, So I do believe in secure borders, more of an Ellis Island style approach. My great grandparents actually came over on the boat from Russia through Ellis Island. So I have some history in my own family for that. But I think that we obviously should have security. We need to protect our country, you know, from any outside threats. We need to make sure that people coming in don't have diseases. They're not criminals, things like that. I don't think it should just be a free for all. Obviously, we have to stay secure as much as we can. But I also don't think that a super expensive wall is going to fix the problem. I think it'll be really expensive. It's going to take a lot of time. And we're still going to have illegal immigrants even with a wall. Right. I I don't even know where I stand on the wall. Um, I guess that's a whole nother topic. (laughs) We could get to that in a second. Um, But, Mm -hmm. you know, I... I, I'm pretty much where you are, you know, on a on a on strong border security. Um, obviously, a wall would be expensive. I mean, there's split opinion on whether whether it'd be worth it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm essentially for a strong border, and I've actually become more of a border hawk over the years. Like, I, I was almost mm-hmm. for like unlimited legal immigration. Like, if you can come here legally, just let everybody in who can come legally and isn't gonna you know, commit felonies and, and shit. Um, Similar to like Ellis Island. Right, right. Cause I, my, yeah. uh, it's further back. It was in the, the 1870s, but my family came through the, through Ellis Island as well from Ireland. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I, I'm almost, you know, I'm, I'm almost taking it a step further into like the conservative view, or at least, you know, among a lot of conservatives, the view of, of having an extremely strong border because I don't really care. Um, all that I'm taking this. I'm so sorry, Steffi. I'm taking this off the rails just right off the bat. <laughs> it's okay. Go for it. We're just ten it. minutes in, and I'm just going off the rails. I, I don't really give a shit about democracy that much. I mean, like I, I like democracy. Like it's way better than like the alternatives. Like it's much better than right. socialism. It's better than monarchy. Well, yeah. you, know, you know, it's better than all these mm-hmm. other governments that that have been tried, uh, obviously. But like democracy isn't a principle that I care about. Like liberty mm-hmm. is the principle that I care about. I, I care about my God given freedoms. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, th- like the Democrats really want 
illegal immigrants to come in. They want them to be given citizenship and they want them to be able to vote. Because they know right. that something somewhere between 85 to 92 percent of them, you know, jury's still out, but 80, 85 to 92 percent of illegal immigrants in the country right now would vote Democrat. And so that's their goal. That's their end game. They're not really, it's not a secret. They're not hiding the ball on that. They're, they're pretty upfront about it. They want them to vote and they want them to vote, you know, blue. Um, and I don't, I don't want that because I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want people to vote away my God given freedoms. Like I, I, that that's, that's all I care about. I care about Liberty. I don't really care too much about democracy. I don't really respect people that want to come here and vote away my freedoms. Um, that's not, mm-hmm. I, I don't see why I need to, respect tyranny just because it was voted for by a majority you know i'm not i'm not a a big fan of mob rule so i mean look like no that's why we're a republic exactly exactly like if look if i'm fine with all kinds of immigration legal and and illegal from cuba because cubans vote mm-hmm. <laughs> 90% either republican <laughs> or libertarian. I mean they're they're all small oh. small government activists because they lived under a communist murderous dictator their entire lives. And so they they vote either <laughs> GOP or or libertarian. And uh, so I'm fine with yeah, that. I don't even think about that. I think more about the social welfare programs and that they're coming here just to get money and healthcare. They get free stuff. It's like Costco. Right. When you're in the samples. That's true. It's true. And and just importing people like Mexico is like Mexico, for instance, is essentially a socialist country. I mean, they you know, they have they did elect a socialist president border, actually uh, borderline communist president at, at this point. Um, mm. You know, it, so it's like letting a bunch of socialists into the country. I, I don't see that as uh, a great idea. You know, if we want to maintain our, our freedoms that were that are given by God and protected by the Constitution. Um, you know, I don't know. Look, like I'm at the point, like I, we operate obviously in the system we have. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Sorry. We operate in the system we have, but if, if I, Brady Leonard could make a law right now, if I were emperor for a day, obviously my second, uh-huh. my second act would be to take away my own power, um, and give it back to the people. But my first act, <laughs> nice. my first act would be, um, to make it so you and I and the audience of the show are the only people that could vote. I would do that. I would, I would do that. Like, because I care about I freedom. I want people to be free. I don't really care. I, I value freedom more than I value democracy, which is why I want mm-hmm. a secure border, because I just don't want the Democratic Party to succeed in their goal of just importing enough socialists to start electing socialists. I guess that's like, I know it's a very, that's a, an extreme oversimplification, but that that's mm-hmm. kind of where I stand on the border issue. I think the sad thing is people don't truly know what freedom feels like because they've never had it. Right. So I think if a lot of these Democrats could feel true freedom, I think they may want to be libertarian. So that's why I think it's more important to show them the way, you know, show them the example of what liberty does to people, what the free market does to help us. And then maybe gradually we'll get some believers. But how do you, uh, you've seen the the clown car. There's now 25 announced Democrats, and, and oh, there's 25. there's 25. Oh my gosh! But there's only going to be like 20 at the debate tomorrow, right? Yeah, because they set the bar really low. So they only needed, I think, uh, it was a couple hundred thousand donors or something like that uh-huh. um, to get in the debate. And yeah, like 20 of them out of the 25 or 26, something like that, <laughs> made it. So uh, I will. Oh my gosh! You can report back to me on the debates. By the way, I will be fishing. I'll be drunk on a boat. 
up in the UP. So uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> I will not be watching that that shit show, but um, uh, definitely uh, check back in and let me know what happens. But um, okay. Oh yeah, I think I'm going to be watching. <laughs> I feel bad for you, but thanks for taking one for the team. Um, all right. Yeah, it's kind of like reading Florida man stories. I mean, it just makes me laugh, even though it's real life. It's two days though. I mean, each debate's like four hours long, and it's on. It's what I mm. think it's tomorrow or it's Wednesday night. This this show will come out on Wednesday morning, so it'll be it's Wednesday and Thursday night. Correct? Are the Democratic debates? Oh, I just thought it was on Wednesday. Okay, now that it's two two days long, I'm not wasting two days of my life. I'll waste one night, but not two. Well, the the day two is the the big one with all the people that could actually win the nomination. The first one's like the B team. Oh, yeah. Oh gosh, like, yeah, this is a hard decision. Okay. Yeah, like the the site day two. I, I I'll have to check what days they are. I believe they're back to back days. I think Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. The second debate is all the heavy hitters like Biden, Bernie, Kamala Harris, and then like the the first day is like you know Beto and uh, Cory Booker and um, <laughs> and all the people that are not going to be president. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Tulsi is going to be on the big hitter one. Uh, she's not. Oh, that's too bad, because a lot of libertarians love her. Before we move move on to the next topic, let's talk about Tulsi real quick. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, and we haven't talked about this before we started recording, so this will be fun, but that that absolutely chaps my ass. How many libertarians like Tulsi Gabbard? Like, I like Tulsi. I listened to her both times. She was on the Joe Rogan podcast. She's clearly Mm -hmm. an intelligent woman. She's clearly a decent human being. She's not a bad person or anything like that. And she's great on, on the war issues. She's a non-interventionist. Um, she wants to right. get us out of Syria, wants to get us out of Iraq. I obviously agree with her on that. But she's a communist. <laughs> she is a communist yeah. on economics. She, she wants universal health care still. would be a tyrant. She would be a monstrous disaster if she became president. So do, do you agree with me on that before I just, you know, just go off the rails with another rant? Like, are you with me on that, that she would be an absolutely terrible president? Absolutely. I think the libertarians just get excited on the things that they do agree with her on. And maybe they're hoping that she'll work with them on like ending the drug war or ending the actual wars. So, I mean, that's great and all. I guess she'd work together with us a little bit. But I don't know how much she's willing to budge on the health care issues and social welfare issues. Right. I mean, economics is the most important thing in terms of governance. I mean, you can't like... (laughs) If you're a socialist, you're not going to earn my vote. <laughs> like, you're the enemy. You're the enemy of the American people. If if, if you're a socialist, I yeah, it's 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 mind-boggling to me seeing people that you know were were libertarians or Trump supporters, even like conservatives or whatever, that are going for Tulsi Gabbard right now. It's like, guys, guys, I get it. I get it. She wants to get the troops out of Syria, but she also wants to destroy the economy forever. So <laughs> let's not. I think we've just we've become so desperate you know it's like when the dating pool is just so small and there's only so many fish in the sea and you're like oh this fish is good enough for me <laughs> the communist fish is never good enough for yeah. any people i promise i promise you <laughs> it's never good enough so let's get to the big topic here's the big one and this is probably the most divisive issue within like the liberty movement and you know liberty-minded conservatives and libertarians all across the libertarian spectrum Mm-hmm. That's whether or not you should vote for Republicans. That's whether or not you support sh- should support the GOP as a, a quote-unquote lesser of two evils, 
or or what have you. Um, do you want to go first or me? Because I have a lot to say about this, and uh, I'm sure you do too. So do you want to take it, or do you want me to give my views first? Sure. I mean, I can definitely say okay. I'm currently independent. So I was part of the Libertarian Party, the official Big Al Libertarian, for about a year, 2017 to 2018. How'd that go? I didn't like being confined to a party. It it felt confining. I felt trapped. I wanted to break out and support whoever I wanted, like Austin Peterson, who was running for U.S. Senate as a Republican. I wanted to support Justin Amash as congressman. You know, he's a Republican. So I don't want to feel bad. I want to be able to support principled people regardless of party. And I would vote for a Democrat if I found somebody good. I just haven't yet. I would vote for Green Party if I found someone good. You know, so it doesn't matter to me. I've I've voted Republican before. I've voted for a lot of libertarians. So it's cool with me. Right. So that's good. So we're probably going to agree in, in part, at least in, in major parts of this, because you don't think like, uh, some, I mean, I'm sure you've met him as well as as I have, and I've I've heard flack from him from my own audience. You know, like the libertarians that are the purest. You know, like the state's evil, both parties are evil. Don't vote for either one of them. Blah 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 blah. Right. And then a guy gets naked at the Libertarian Party uh, convention, and you're oh, like, yes. you're like, my God, like what are you people doing? Like you're, my goodness. So. <laughs> um, and, and full- I actually I talked to James Weeks personally at my local. Li- libertarian party meeting and i said to him that you know being naked on the stage it's really hard to take someone seriously like that i was blunt about it i mean look i didn't watch the convention i wasn't there um but and i honest to god didn't even know that gentleman's name to be honest with you but uh <laughs> I'm, i am glad you try to talk some sense into him so because he's just a meme at this point i mean he's like a meme that is used to disparage disparage libertarians at this point so he's he's the guy that's going to haunt the libertarian party forever our reputation yeah i mean he's the gop's john mccain at at this point i think Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um um look like the audience knows this but just disclaimer for anybody that hasn't heard like i am well in ohio i i don't believe it's this way in michigan does michigan have open primaries like you can vote for whoever you want in the primaries yeah. Okay. Ohio is closed primaries. You have to declare a party to vote in the primaries. Mm. So everybody, just about everybody in Ohio is registered to one party or the other because it's a closed primary. So, and I like voting in primaries. So I typically register as a Republican um, to vote in the primaries. Mm-hmm. And then I actually ran as a Republican just for my, it's not, it's an unpaid position and stuff, but it's a, just for my, my county's central committee. Because I really uh-huh. had a buddy of mine who's a former state senator was running for uh, chairman of the party and he needed me to run uh, and win a seat uh, in in the committee so I could vote for him as, as chairman and stuff like that. And he's a liberty minded guy. And I'm like, yeah, it's better me than someone else <laughs> on this committee. Mm-hmm. So, sure, I'll run as a Republican. You know, so, yeah, like this, and that's kind of how I view everything is like a transactional relationship. Right. And I think it comes right. from. Um, I mean, well, Michigan's a swing state now, too. Trump won Michigan the first time uh, uh, Republicans won Michigan in a long time, I think since 2000. Uh, yeah, Michigan is very much Democrat, especially in Detroit, right. I would say. But there are, there are a lot of farm areas. Most of Michigan is kind of like the UP in a way. Well, yeah, the, I mean, the UP is basically like, you know, North Dakota <laughs> in terms of mm-hmm. their It's like another views. country, truly. Right. It's like in Alaska. 
So I've I've always viewed it viewed it as a transactional relationship, and therefore I've always, as a libertarian, I've, I typically vote Republican. I voted for Democrats a long time ago in certain like local positions. I voted for independents. I voted for libertarians. But when it comes to like you know gubernatorial elections, senatorial elections, congressional elections, and uh, presidential elections, I've I've basically voted Republican my whole life. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if there was ever an exception and I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I've voted in for Senate, Congress, governor and president. I think I've voted straight Republican and I don't think there's any, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I I think that is a moral stance. I mean, uh, the GOP for all of their flaws and don't get me wrong, they piss me off in a lot of ways on a lot Mm -hmm. of issues and we can get to that later if we want. (laughs) I mean, that'd be a whole nother show, I guess. But, um, I mean, they're at least not. Marxists and like we're staring down the barrel of communism right now in this country. We truly are, and I hate sounding that al- oh, that alarmist, but the Democratic Party has been infested. They've been transformed into a Marxist party. They're the they're, they're UK Labour Party at this point. They're a bunch of fucking commies, and like mm-hmm. I will be voting for President Trump in 2020. I voted against him in the primary. I very very reluctantly voted for him in the general. But I'm yeah, but I, I actually um, I voted for Gary Johnson right. in 2016. I just I couldn't bring myself to vote against my principles. Right. And obviously Gary Johnson is not all about my principles either, but it was as good as I could get. Right. So you don't have to answer this. You can you can decline to answer, but um what are you thinking for the 2020 election? Honestly, I don't have my mind made up yet. I really I'm going to struggle to vote for Trump. I, I I really don't want to vote for Trump. I really hope that the Libertarian Party produces somebody good, like a, a Larry Sharp. That would be my ultimate dream. But do you feel the same way now knowing that your home state is in play? Because, look, if I were in West Virginia or Texas or you know, on the other side, in, in California or New York or Massachusetts, like a state that wasn't in play, I probably would have voted for Gary mm-hmm. Johnson or voted third party or just let, well, Gary Johnson kind of sucked too. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, near I, the end, yeah. with Bill Weld and all Oof. that, I was just done. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm like, bad. I just want this to be over. Yeah, like, honest to God, as I mean, Trump's no libertarian by any stretch, stretch of the imagination, but I honestly think he's probably more pro-small government than Gary Johnson. If you look at how he's actually governed, I mean, it would be, I don't know, it would be close. Gary Johnson is, uh, if you look at his record in New Mexico and stuff, he's he was essentially a moderate Republican. You know, he wasn't mm-hmm. even like a, a liberty advocate or something like that. But do, do you feel more inclined to vote for a guy like Trump knowing that your state is in play? Because, you know, in the past, like Michigan wasn't really in play. It was going to go blue. But since Trump... Mm-hmm. You know, won Michigan, and Trump probably needs Michigan to win re-election. You know, knowing he's going to be running against a communist like Liz Warren or Bernie Sanders or you know Joe Biden, somebody like that. Does mm-hmm. that kind of affect your decision making at all? Mm, maybe slightly, but real not really. I still truly just want to vote with what I believe in, and if I truly really just cannot bring myself to vote for him, then maybe I just won't even vote. <laughs> you know, right. I I want to be as principled as I possibly can. Right. See, a lot of people, 
um, like in the conservative movement, really hate that answer, and I never have. Like I, uh, like I, I totally respect that, um, and I, mm-hmm. I typically hate it when people make the case that like, you know, every election is a binary choice. You have to vote for the D or vote for the R. You know what I mean? Like I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Like if if neither candidate like meets your basic, your baseline. I mean your your bottom line watermark right. for somebody you could vote for, then don't vote for either one. But for me, I, I and that's your freedom. That's your choice. Absolutely. Yeah. As an Ohioan, I, I, I do kind of view it the opposite way. Like, I think it's just ingrained in my mind at this point, living in the bellwether state, like the state of Ohio has chosen the president in every four years since the late 1800s. I mean, we, mm-hmm. like, we're the bellwether state for a reason. Like, it usually comes down to whatever, 40,000 votes in the state of Ohio. And that chooses the president. And it's happened several times in the last <laughs> century. And so, like. Ohio voters on both sides do view general elections as a binary choice in a way mm-hmm. where I, I think Florida voters do as well. Um, uh, North Carolina voters do as well. Like the, the states that are consistently swing states um, in ways that voters in states like Michigan don't. Like I, I kind of grew up in that mindset. Like you got to pick. Like we're going to pick the president. You got to choose. You got to choose one or the other. So right. like, that, that's kind of how and I've always viewed it. And but I don't blame you at all. Like I don't I don't judge you at all for not viewing it that way. I think it's more of an Ohioan thing than anything else. But I'll I'll be honest with you. I have had some people like message me online and they'll say, you know, I'm thinking about running. Do you think I should run as a libertarian, a Republican or a Democrat? And I actually advise a lot of them to run as a Republican. Yes. Yes. Because I that. truly yes. feel that is your foot in the the door. Thomas Massey, Rand Paul, Justin Amash, you know, Austin Peterson ran as a Republican. No, he didn't win, but I think he still had a better chance than if he had run as a libertarian. Yes. And that's why I'm actually not pushing Justin Amash to run for 2020 as for president, because, you know, I, I don't want him to screw up what he has going here. Right. I, I 100 percent agree. And I, I'd add uh, Mike Lee of Utah um, into that category as well. Yep. Um, and Ron Paul. Uh, Obviously. Oh yeah, the original. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the original. Yeah. You know, he he was a libertarian for a long time back in the you know '60s and early '70s, and then Rand got elected as a Republican. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Like all of the the liberty movement guys who have made the biggest impact were Republicans. The the Paul family, mm-hmm. Ron Paul, Rand Paul, um, guys like Mike Lee, who is outstanding. Thomas Massey, who's probably the the best member of Congress we have. Uh, Justin Mosh of Michigan, like you mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, Jim Jordan, like all these guys, you know, they're all Liberty movement guys, um, who wouldn't have gotten elected. I mean, there are libertarian party guys and independents who are, you know, true libertarians that have been elected, but there's, there's a handful of state reps. There's a couple state Mm -hmm. senators. There's a bunch of city councilmen, (laughs) but that's about it. I mean, it's just, you're not going to get elected, especially statewide, but even congressionally, there's no libertarian party congressman. In the entire country, there's none. There's not a single one. Um, I think right. the, the only way to do this is to change the GOP from the inside. You know, you got mm-hmm. you got to be. I agree. You got to be you. a man on the inside. That's the only way to get to get shit done at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I have a U.S. president chart actually that sits next to me here on my desk, and uh, um, our founding fathers were Democratic Republicans, like Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe. James John Quincy Adams. So, you know, we we always Republicans were good. Calvin, you know, Coolidge. back in the day. Calvin Coolidge, the greatest U.S. Yes, president. yes, I love him. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, I, I think that's absolutely right. I uh, and I, I think a lot of people are coming around to that. You know, like a lot of people expected in the 2016 election for Gary Johnson to get you know 10 percent or 8 percent or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he got the typical. You know, it was just under three percent. You know, I mean, that, that's just a typical right. Libertarian right. Party. I mean, that's what happens. And I, you know, a lot of people did bite the bullet and vote Trump, even if they didn't. <laughs> necessarily agree with uh with his whole platform and stuff and you know in a lot of ways um you know starting with calling off the attack on on iran um last Mm -hmm. thursday night obviously that was big for me that alleviated a lot of fears that i had of a trump presidency um oh yeah he he at least a the bar is set very low by the the previous couple presidents we've had here in the United States. But uh, Trump can say something. His at least his two uh, most recent predecessors can't say he hasn't started a new war. Uh, his first right. three years in office, so there are two and a half years in office. So you know he can at least say that. Uh, <laughs> he made it clear that he values 150 human beings, uh, 150 lives over uh, a robot, a flying robot. So that that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, you know, a human, he's yes. not a lizard person. So that, that's good. That, that makes me <laughs> feel better. Uh, I think that, and that alone is enough to get me to, to vote for his reelection uh, in 2020. But, um, yeah, you know, it, it's tough. And I'm not, I'm not this like absolutist. Like I don't, a lot of people, libertarians yell at each other. You know, it's like, oh, you you gotta yeah. vote for the Republican because he's the lesser two evils, or don't vote for the Republican. He's not a true small government guy. And it's like, look, I mean, how many small government? We've already listed them. You know, we listed the five or six, seven members of Congress right. that actually want to balance the budget, that actually want to cut spending and entitlements, that actually want to end the unnecessary wars. I mean, there's a handful of them, but like, mm-hmm. who's better, like Trump or Hillary Clinton would have turned Iran into a parking lot last week. Like, we, oh, absolutely. If it were, know. you know, if I had to decide between Trump and Clinton, you know, absolutely, I would have voted for Trump. And that's why during the 2016 election, I really wasn't too harsh on people who were going to vote for Trump because I got it. Like, I understand, you know, I do see good in him, you know, but like with the bomb stock ban, for example, he just gets a little too close to encroaching on my liberties. And that just makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the bump stock ban was absolutely unconstitutional. It was evil. I mean, obviously, every gun law is an infringement on the Second Amendment. We all know that. And now now he's kind of going after silencers a little bit. I don't know if he's really going to push through with that. He just needs to go to the range with Rand Paul, man. Like, he, I don't think he knows what a silencer <laughs> is. Like, he doesn't, I don't think he's shot yeah. a weapon before. He's a New York, he's a Manhattan guy. You know, or a, a right, Brooklyn he can't. guy. Yeah, yeah, well, he's not, he hasn't been allowed to his whole life, right? But I just don't think he has a deep grasp of these issues. And like, I don't think I don't look, Trump's not a principled man. Like he, I don't think Mm -hmm. he really has principles. No, he doesn't have the knowledge. Right. Like behind him. And he's not to be principled. He had, right. And and that's not great. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Like I'm not, I'm not stoked about that, but he does have decent instincts. Like he's not Mm -hmm. a non-interventionist. He doesn't want to avoid, unnecessary wars based on principle, but he does have these basic like human instincts like, Hey, all right, they shot down a drone. Let's not kill 150 of them because they shot down a drone. That doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> so he just has these like basic, like, you know, human instincts that proves he's like a decent human being despite all right. his flaws. So like that alone, th- those things alone kind of like 
alleviate some of my fears, especially in, we, we can move off of Trump here in a second, but um, like just looking down the barrel of, of what the Democrats are doing. And obviously you'll be watching the, the debates or at least one of them um, yes, this week. Part of it, and yes. I won't because like I already mentioned, I'll be drunk on a boat, but um, <laughs> you know, you're making us all jealous. Right. Like to my knowledge, there's only one Democrat out of the 25 um, running who um, actually spoke out against socialism. And that was John Hickenlooper, the former Who is that? John Hickenlooper, the former oh. uh, Colorado governor, who's polling at zero percent. Oh. So, um, yeah, and he's he's terrible too. He wants to uh, abolish the Second Amendment. I mean, he's terrible on guns. He's terrible on everything. Oh no. Oh yeah, yeah. He criticized Trump for not attacking Iran. I mean, he's terrible on everything. But he's he's <laughs> he's the only Democrat running who said he's not a socialist. So, uh-huh. I mean, even Joe Biden, who is I, I don't think Joe Biden's a socialist, but he won't he won't blast socialism because he's kowtowing to the, the, the commie base of the democratic party. So like whoever they nominate is going to be a full fledged proud Marxist, or at least they will be right. pandering to the Marxist base. So yikes. Mm-hmm. Like I absolutely. So to all you libertarians out there, look, I've already endorsed Trump on the show a couple weeks ago, which is the earliest I've ever endorsed anybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't be mad if you gave Trump a second look. Um, on the show, mm-hmm. I think be worth at least a second look. So let's let's move on to another topic. Um, definitely another touchy subject. I just wanted to hit all these just heavy hitters. You know what I mean? Like let's hey. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck it. Let's have some fun. You know what I mean? Um, it's the No Gimmicks podcast. Absolutely. So let's talk about Israel. Not a divisive issue at all, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, a, and and I'm actually Jewish, so you are Jew- maybe okay. I have some input on it. Okay. So. My views on Israel have nothing to do with my libertarian beliefs at all. Like, I'm, I'm pretty non-interventionist. I'm not quite as non-interventionist as you are. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm close. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of where, like, Rand Paul, Mike Lee, where they are. I'm not all the way where Ron Paul is on, on using the military. But uh-huh. just aside from military, using the military, that's kind of a separate topic. But I, I'm definitely pro-Israel. Um, I'm, I'm a big supporter mm-hmm. of Israel. Um, now, when you say pro-Israel, what exactly do you mean by that? You mean giving financial aid to them? Well, financial aid, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I actually don't have the numbers in front of me. I don't know how much financial aid we give to Israel, and or at least compared <laughs> to other countries. I don't know if you have those numbers, if you could enlighten me. Um, oh, we actually give $3 billion to Israel. Oh, do we? I didn't know that. That was actually as of... Back in the earlier 2000, so around 2011, I actually wrote an article in the Jewish newspaper about this very subject. How how much do we give to like other Middle Eastern countries? Because I honestly God, don't know. I, I'm just off the top of my head here. I, I don't actually have those numbers. Let me see if I can. Well, I know we give 12 billion dollars to Israel's enemies. Oh God. So I'm not sure exactly which countries that number is referring to. Well, that's... But the ones that are against Israel. That's frightening. Mm-hmm. So we're giving more money to the enemies than we're giving to Israel. That doesn't seem wise at all. So, all right. So before I get to my reasonings, uh, where do you where do you stand on Israel? Support for Israel, uh, use of you know military to defend Israel. Obviously, that hasn't happened in a long time. But you know, if if we had to at some point in the near future, like where where do you stand on all that stuff? I mean, I support it as I support any other country. You know, I respect respect it for its religious significance, but I don't think we should protect it any more than anything else. I, I think we need to protect our own country. 
the United States. And we have no business being in the affairs of other countries unless we need to protect ourselves. So I really don't see why people favor Israel per se, because they're just like any other country. So if we help them, then we should help Africa. We should help India, China. Look, probably the majority of the audience and certainly most libertarians will agree with you and they'll disagree with me. <laughs> but I actually disagree <laughs> with you on this. And it makes no sense yeah. um, concerning my my general beliefs on interventionism and, and foreign aid and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, I, I, I'm a huge supporter of Israel. I think we should protect Israel if not that they really need protection right now I mean they trust me uh, Israel has the what number four, three number four military on the planet have you seen like the Iron Dome in action oh it's outstanding the Iron Dome in Israel oh it's beautiful that is amazing oh yeah it's outstanding yes I, I kind of want that here um <laughs> yes uh, that would be terrific but look like in in uh, look I, I am a Christian I'm a devout Christian in, in Genesis um you know, look, I'm going to quote the Bible. Deal with it, guys. It's a free podcast. Send your hate <laughs> mail somewhere else. But uh, anyway, in Genesis, Aww. in Genesis, God says to Israel, I'll bless those who bless you. Uh, to him who dishonors you, I will curse. And like, look, I, I take that seriously. I, I do take the, the word of God seriously. You know, I am a Christian. Um, so mm -hmm. that that is basically my belief system on Israel. Like when God said he's, he's a big fan of Israel. I believe them. <laughs> so it, right. if, if we, as a, a majority religious country, a majority Christian country, if that means we should uh, protect Israel, even if somehow it, it doesn't, um, it isn't in our in our national security interest or something like that, I still think it's worthwhile to do because the Bible says so. And I get it. That, that, that mm -hmm. does not jive with my other views regarding other countries. It doesn't. Like if, if, that, right. if that makes me a hypocrite, Fine, call me names. I don't care. But, but that, that's kind of where I stand on that. And then there is the fact that they are the only Western-style liberal democracy in the Middle East. I mean, to, to get to another, you know, liberal democracy, you're looking at what Greece, it's 800, 900 miles away. What? No, no, never mind. Cyprus. <laughs> Cyprus is there. They're in there. They're part of Europe, and but they're you know a tiny country that doesn't matter. But um, you know, like they are. Hey, all countries matter. I've heard Cyprus is beautiful this time of year. I don't know. I've never been there. I don't. I have never been there. I, I don't really know anything about Cyprus to be honest, to be honest with you. Neither do I. <laughs> and all of our listeners from Cyprus are going to be very upset right now, apparently. <laughs> and actually, as a Jewish person, I could have gotten a free trip to Israel. It's called a birthright trip. Um, so the Jewish Federation would pay for me to go. But honestly, I'm too scared to go just because of all that's happening over there in the Middle East. So I I decided to turn down my free trip and and just not go. Can you is it like can you change your mind? Is that something you could do later well, on or, or is it like a one time deal? the age of 26, I believe uh. you can go for free after. After that, you can still probably find some sponsorships and things like that, but it's harder to go once you're older. I would have gone. Just roll the dice, see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Israel, I know, Israel but it's is like pretty when, safe. When you hear about, you know. you know, when you hear about, you know, bombs coming over, the Iron Dome is in action all the time right, over there. Right. So the, the sirens go off and everyone kind of takes cover. It, it sounds very scary. Right. And I... Uh, I do understand, um, like, I, I understand the, the, the hardcore libertarian perspective of, look, they're just another country. They're just another state. 
we should support them the same way we support every other state. It just as a as a, I've never been able to get past my own religious beliefs on that matter. Like, it, my faith does override my politics from time to time. Absolutely, and, and I'm very open about that on the show. Like, this is not <laughs> yeah, new information to my audience or anything. But you know, my 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 own religious beliefs do override my libertarianism when it comes to Israel. Like, I will always support Israel, and you know, I just think it's worthwhile to do. Right. And, and because with religion, you know, no one knows the tr- true truth. I mean, we'll all find out one day. So maybe you are right, you know, but we just don't know it yet. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, all right. Wow. We're actually over time already. Is, uh, I <laughs> wanted to, <laughs> I only had one question. We could do it if we want to do it really, really quick. Um, sure. Let's do it um, quick. Just another, just the issue of war generally. So mm-hmm. libertarians and, you know, I'm some kind of a hybrid between a conservative and a libertarian. Um, but libertarians always disagree on, on use of the military. What wars should mm-hmm. we have fought? What wars should we fight? Um, so just going through the list of wars that we fought in the last hundred years. And we don't need to touch all mm-hmm. of them. But as a libertarian, Steffi, which wars do you think were moral and just? Which ones should we have been in? And I'll go first to give you a chance to think about it. But mm-hmm. um, World War Two, obviously, at least in my opinion, the, the anarchists would disagree. But World War Two is obviously a morally just war. I mean, we were attacked by the Japanese. Uh, Adolf, right. Adolf Hitler was trying to take over the entire planet and kill all non-Aryans. So, yeah, that was a great <laughs> one. Um, obviously, the Afghanistan war right after being attacked on 9-11, I think we absolutely should have. Uh, Osama bin Laden was in Afghanistan. We should have gone in there and killed them. Mm-hmm. We did. I think that was a just and moral war. Um, mm-hmm. You can make a case, I guess, for the first Iraq war, um, for the Gulf War. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was a war between a dictator and a king. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I could see it one way or the other, I suppose. You could make a case for Korea. Um it turned out okay, at least for one half of the Korean Peninsula. Um, but you know, ugh, yikes. <laughs> but I think all the other ones, oh. like I, I. But I would say that World War One we shouldn't have been involved with. That was a a war between a whole bunch of European monarchs, failing monarchs that fought each other mm-hmm. for no reason. I don't think we should have been there. Vietnam, don't get me started. We should not have been there. Iraq War Two, you fucking kidding me? Um, Libya, are you serious? <laughs> Syria, please. <laughs> Yemen. It's a goddamn genocide at this point. Like, what are we doing? And so, like, I, so obviously, I disagree with most of these wars. I can isolate World War mm-hmm. II and Afghanistan as the wars that, if I were president of the United States, I, abs- I absolutely would have supported. Um, where are you on mm-hmm. that? Are there any other ones that you think were morally justified, or, or, or what? Where were you on that on the issue? So, I honestly. I want to read more books on wars and history. I've been trying to look for a good book. We all should. First and foremost, I should. But yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because honestly, my knowledge of the wars and history is very slim. So all the things that you just said, I I pretty much agree with you. Obviously, if, if Congress, you know, decides that we should go to war, you know, then that's how it should be done. I believe it needs to be done in a constitutional manner. The president should not just be like, okay, let's go, you know, without asking Congress first, unless obviously it's a true emergency. But yeah, a lot of times I don't believe in war unless our country is actually being attacked, you know, and we truly need to defend ourselves. I believe in defense. 
our Constitution believes in defense. So that's pretty much where I am. If it's to defend us and keep us safe, then absolutely. But if it's to spread democracy and freedom throughout the world, no, no, no. I'm not about that. Pop quiz for you, Steffi, and this will make you uh, hate the federal government even more than you already do. When was the last Uh time the U.S. Senate declared war? Oh, man. I have no idea. I'm I'm just going to say I have no idea. That's a decade. What decade was the last time the Senate declared war? A decade? Was it in the 1900s at all? Oh, yes. It was in the, it was in the 1900s. <clears throat> hmm. Well, was it World War II? It was. It was 1943. Okay. <laughs> 1943 was the last time Congress issued a formal declaration of war, and it was against, like, Hungary or something, like some country that was allied with the Axis powers in World War II. Yep. Wow. Korea. That, that is very sad. Korea, Vietnam. Both mm-hmm. Iraq wars. <laughs> I mean, Congress did give permission to use military force, but it wasn't a formal declaration mm-hmm. of war, you know, as is, right. you know, required. Which constitutionally. is what we need. Yes, absolutely. 100% agree with that. All right. So, Steffi, thank you so much for doing this. We got to do it again soon. This is a lot of fun. Um, hopefully you come absolutely. on again soon. Um, so you I will. you have your own YouTube show. Um, tell yes. us about that. Where can everybody find it? Where, where can everybody follow you online? Twitter and all that stuff and keep in touch and uh, yeah, all the plugs. What do you want the people to know? Sure. So I am on YouTube. I pretty much, it's a variety show, a stuffy variety show. I sing, I cook, I shoot, I do book reviews, movie reviews, pretty much anything Liberty I do. And so you can find me at youtube.com slash Steffi Cole, S T E F F I C O L E. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Steffi underscore Cole, C-O-L-E. You can also follow me on Facebook. I have a page. It's real Steffi Cole because Steffi underscore Cole is not possible on Facebook. And you can also follow me on Goodreads. So you can see all of the books that I'm reading for the Liberty Movement. And so my name on there is Steffi underscore Cole also. All right. Everybody check out her show on YouTube. It's great. Everybody follow Steffi on Twitter. She's great. Um, And I'm sure we'll do this again very soon. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I will be back on Monday. No gimmicks.